No Gods, No Monsters contains spoilers, profanity, and substance use. In honor of our last Showa era Godzilla movie, I I wrote two jokes about the movie. Are y'all ready? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I like jokes and I like movies. They're both really good, so you both have to laugh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was planning it. All right. I just scheduled in. Okay. Joke number one: Why should you kiss someone right before being stomped by Mecha Godzilla? Because you're about to die. <laughs> Because you're beneath his mistletoe. (laughs) Banger. (laughs) That's kind of a banger, man. Yeah. You got a Rago Neil Hamburger right here. (laughs) (laughs) Joke number two. How can you tell Titanosaurus is a dom? Uh, Because he beat up that sub. Yeah, because he crushes a sub in his hands. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) Boom. There you go. Happy riddles. Happy Final Godzilla show it movie. Happy Final Godzilla show (laughs) it movie. From here on out, this is what 428 will be remembered as. (laughs) (laughs) The people listening in like two and a half, three weeks have no idea what we're talking about. Yeah, Yeah, I'm not. I don't know if I'm going to miss the show era. I, I hit the wall this time. The wall that that. Charlie was a was a would you refer to yourself as a big crybaby uh, about <laughs> two weeks ago? I don't remember that, so it just sounds like you're bullying me. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to No Gods and No Monsters. We're the anti-capitalist kaiju and monster movie podcast in a world where no one's coming to save us. I'm Rabbit. I'm Charlie. And I'm Bardo. And today we're talking about 1975's Terror of Mechagodzilla. This is our final Showa-era Godzilla movie, bros. We did it. Uh, Next week, or next episode, we're going to be talking about the whole Godzilla Showa era, sharing our thoughts, saying goodbye, all that good stuff. Um, Before then, we were actually guests on the Tokyo Lives podcast on their side show, uh, Tokyo Signals, or Bat Signals this time. Uh, talking to Rob about an episode of Max Fleischer's. Is that how you say it, Charlie? You know what? I've always read it. I've, but I've always said Flesher, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know for Fleshy sure. Fleshy Max's uh, Superman <laughs> cartoon, <laughs> uh, which has, there's an episode that has like a very Godzilla-like foe. I think it's called the Arctic Beast. Uh, so you should check that out. It was a lot of fun. No, Arctic, what's it called? Arctic Creature? Arctic The Arctic Giant. Ooh. Uh, And it was fun. You should check it out. Go to the Tokyo Lives podcast on any podcast app. You can check it out. Charlie, you got a synopsis for us? So I wrote this right before we recorded. And I wrote it on the uh, idea that Titanosaurus isn't an actual dinosaur. But I guess it is an actual dinosaur. But for the sake of me, let's pretend Titanosaurus doesn't work. (laughs) Again, we looked this up. Titan the the existence of Titanosaurus appears to be in dispute. 
Is that yeah, right? Dubious claim. Yeah. Okay. I this didn't know that. Paleontologist from like when when everyone was seeing dinosaurs as like basically looking like crocodiles, right? It was like okay. from the eighteen eighties. Well, so let me rephrase. Whatever your individual thoughts about Titanosaurus, just know that Charlie thought it was completely fake when he wrote this. Sound off in matters. the comments um, about whether or not <laughs> yeah, Titanosaurus uh, is real. Yeah, we'll edit all this out. So I just want everyone to know that uh, we stand firmly on the side that Titanosaurus is not real. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah. After the events of the previous movie, for context, see episode 56 of the No Gods and Monsters podcast, the podcast that critics Elon Musk and El Barto anti-work are absolutely raving about. Humans are dumb and think Mechagodzilla's remains lay in a grave at the bottom of the sea. So they send a submarine there only to find the great dinosaur, Titanosaurus, instead, which proceeds to then demolish the submarine. Now, I can hear you pigs now. Titanosaurus? I never learned about no Titanosaurus in school. Well, yeah, the film's hero, Dr. Mifune, encountered the same doubting, doubting bullshit which turned him into a mad scientist bent on revenge with the idea that he can control the very real Titanosaurus to wreak vengeance upon the world that scorned and mocked him. And as a side note for the record, this plot point is something I'm taking notes on, so remember that every time you say my synopses are stupid, unfunny, or inaccurate. Aliens are also helping Dr. Mifune in reviving his daughter Katsura into a kaiju-controlling cyborg. They plan to team up Mechagodzilla and Titanosaurus to take over the Earth, and they would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for that pesky Godzilla and his human helpers wielding sonic wave transmitters. Godzilla saves the day, destroying aliens and Titanosaurus. Katsura shoots herself in a robot tummy, thereby destroying Mechagodzilla. The day is won for the humans, so that they may contain the ultimate pollution and destruction of the Earth. Godzilla, satisfied with yet another job well done, waltzes off into the ocean in the sunset. The end of Goji as we know it. Or is it? Make sure to stay tuned to the only kaiju podcast to find out. It's the terror of Mechagodzilla, baby. Hell yeah. Uh, Just for reference, I, uh, other than just watching the movie, I read uh, the chapter on this movie in Peter H. Brothers' book, Mushroom Clouds and Mushroom Men, The Fantastic Cinema of Ashiro Honda. This will be the last time I reference my favorite reference thing. So, salute to you, Peter H. Brothers, with your dubious facts that are not uh, substantiated. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah, we. there's been some claims that were like, well, he said it, but then there'll also be things like, even in this one, that he says it, and you're like, that's not even what happened in the movie. So, I'm not sure, but uh, he's he writes it, he Threads a good yarn, you know. I feel That's like I term. know what he's going to say in this movie, but I'm 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 very interested to hear because I, I don't I have... think I brought any dubious claims with me. Okay, That's fine. I'm just I yeah. I think I know what he's gonna he's gonna touch on, and I'm I'm, Ooh, I'm curious. I, I brought claims that I didn't think of as dubious that might be though. That's ding, true. Ding ding. That's true. All right. <laughs> yeah. For my reference. Um... I meant to read the chapter on this movie on A Critical History and Filmography of Toa's Godzilla series by David Collette, but uh, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> so, if I pull anything from that, that, if I say anything stupid, it's uh, from that, which I didn't read. Uh, Hell yeah. I also, googled 
Oop. My mom loves me, and uh, I went over to her house for Easter this weekend, and she bought me this. What What is that, wow. Charlie? For For the those yeah. who can't see <laughs> your smiling face. Um, well, they'll have to pay for the uh, the um, visual podcast, the that, video cast to find that. Is, that does not exist. Oh. Uh, this is Life, I guess, put out a magazine on Godzilla oh. um, the past couple months, and uh, my mom left it on my bed when I went to visit her this weekend. Aww, like because, a like a tooth fairy of some kind. Yeah, in Japan they know her as the Goji fairy, but <laughs> kids in America are boring, so they don't know her <laughs> like that. <laughs> Did 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 you read some of that? And it has to do with the movie, or um, oh, uh, the Terror of Mech Godzilla part was just like two sentences. It was like this is a movie. <laughs> Hell yeah! So good shit. I may reference that. <laughs> I googled uh, Terror of Mecha Godzilla ideology and Terror of Mecha Godzilla critical review, and. Uh, uh, neither of them came up with anything interesting, so I'm going in blind, baby. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right, let's start with our uh, general thoughts and feelings. Anger. <laughs> Revenge. <laughs> kind of boredom. I was kind of bored Ooh. by this movie. I, I've, you know, I've seen it before, and this time it really just kind of felt like a drag, and particularly being like the end of an era. You, you know, these were turning to flops. At the time, and I, I get why the studio just pulled the plug on this, but it would have been nice to see Honda go out with a little more of a bang. Ifukube, too. Charlie, how about you? So I watched it twice. The first time I was a little bored, but I also wasn't able to focus that much. I liked it a lot more the second time I watched it, um, and it felt more fitting. Uh, the fact that it has a more somber and serious tone than we've been seeing for the past few weeks few movies seems pretty fitting for the end of the era or what they probably thought at the time was the end of Godzilla. Um, and I, I think it was generally a pretty solid movie. I, I do think I um, also benefited from us taking a break for weeks from the uh, Showa um, movies. You know, Barta, before the before we recorded, you said you, you had thought you had hit a wall. Sorry yeah. if you meant to bring that up. Uh, no, no, no. no. But, but remember that We've, me and Rabbit have done like twice as many of these movies than you. Well, More I've, than that. I've watched them all. <laughs> I've watched them all in the last, in the last year and change. Okay. Okay. So I, I, I feel you. But have you watched them all two or three times? No, I've watched them all, <laughs> most of them twice at this Hell point. Yeah. But yeah, no. And I was just kidding. I mean, we can hit our own walls wherever we hit them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for the, you know. Going into a new era, new vibe, because um, the new the next set of yeah. movies are awesome. And I didn't think I don't yeah. I don't mean to say I thought this movie was like terrible or anything because it's not. Mm -hmm. um, there's some cool I, stuff in here that I'm excited to talk about. Yeah, I'm really excited to go on the next era because I'm generally pretty unfamiliar with uh, everything after the show era. Like I've seen a couple movies here and there, but. Overall, I'm not that familiar with the next eras. And uh, one thing that struck me while watching this is I thought all the monsters looked awesome. I loved all three yes. of the monsters. I thought, I was just like, God damn, do they always look this great? I don't remember them always looking this great. Maybe it's just because 
I've taken some weeks off that I can appreciate it more. Um, but I was just, damn, these monsters are so cool. Titanosaurus looks awesome. That yeah. was one of the yeah. things that like kind of bummed me out when I was like feeling bored by the end mm-hmm. of it. Was like, this is like a he's not like a remarkable. He's just a big guy who has a tail that creates wind, but there's nothing else like about him really. Uh, yeah. Except that he looks really, really he cool. Looks it's like so a cool. Great, totally. It's a great suit. Sorry, that was probably too long for general thoughts. So no. let me we get general thoughts more. our way through this whole whole fucker. All right, is that a challenge? <laughs> um, uh, my general thoughts. I had seen this once before. I watched it twice. Uh, for this recording the first time I had trouble tracking the characters and felt a little bored and I was like but I really liked the fights I thought the fights were like some of the best in any Godzilla movie any era I I really liked them and I liked some of the effects better than most and I decided to watch it again partially because I'd remembered it being one of my favorites so I watched it again today and I was following like point for point everything happening and i fucking love this movie this movie is so good it's like it has the 70s issues where there are things that just don't fucking make sense and like shortcuts and dumb little plot points that are bullshit and like things just don't make sense where like normally i'm like taken out by that but i don't even care like i just like i'm like oh that's funny that doesn't make sense but it gets me it's like godzilla versus kong it's like but it gets me to the next thing which i like and i like the character work i really like the ending uh this movie fucking rules i'm stoked to talk about it and i think it's a uh, it's fucking gnarly that it's honda's final movie ever um in peter h brother's book speaking of dubious claims he says that honda claimed he was losing 10 pounds every movie he made because he was so stressed which is like (laughs) wait but like at the end of his life but still like what he was not exactly (laughs) heavy when he made uh the first godzilla too so no that was his 10th movie so he was 900 pounds before that um no i just i think that's funny but uh yeah, I I think it's a great send off. I think it's a bummer that it was like had to be lower budget and all that stuff, but you can tell it's way higher budget than like the last few beforehand or at least the effects work, the monster suit work, the camera work and the character work is all like intentional instead of like kind of quick and like let's just get it done. Yeah, lots of really great like sweeping shots. There's like a better, you know, I I feel like I bring this up a lot but i always get excited in these movies when they really show a sense of scale totally for the creatures mm-hmm. the creatures the the yeah but that this one did a really good job of that and totally that is fun to watch yeah there are a few shots where they're really trying to drive home the sense of scale that were awesome i will say like i love that in this movie but there are some that like are not consistent with the scale of others like there's one shot where people are like running and there's buildings in the foreground and it's like the buildings are like up to the like mid sections of the two bad monsters but like it doesn't make any sense it would mean the top of their bodies are like hundreds of feet but the middle down is the hot side of a house uh there's some weird things like that but i still in general i'm like like they went out Like, all everything out on the fucking effects. Everything has to be perfect for you. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you, though, Charlie. If Akube's, uh, if this is what you were saying, how I interpreted it, if Akube's score is pretty weak, um, 
And in general, I was... I just was really bummed that they used the military music for Godzilla. And maybe they've done that before and I didn't notice, but it felt like, see, he's our military now. Like, I, I hated that shit. I wasn't making a comment on Ifukube's Ifuku story. Saying, I, was, I was just saying, hey, he's back, baby. Gotcha. Um, I was just saying, the gang's all here. Gang's all back. But, yeah, I mean, it was kind of... I know a lot of Godzilla fans love Ifukube. But, yeah, it was just kind of a... In my opinion, just a standard Ifukube soundtrack. It only stood out to me in the sense that, like, oh, I know these, I know these totally. notes, I know these themes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, just uh, interesting thing. This is the first and maybe only uh, Godzilla movie to be written by a woman. Uh, oh yeah, Yukiko Takayama. I thought I saw that it was the second. Wait, hang on. Don't question brother's wisdom. I don't mean to dismiss this claim out of... Out of Godzilla vs. Mothra is written by Mothra. That's true. Is the second... No. ...woman to write a Godzilla screenplay after Kazu Kiba, who collaborated with Shinichi oh, Sekizawa right. on Son of Godzilla. First person to do the whole script. You're right. Uh, Well, where, where do you want to start? Anybody got anything they feel like talking about right off the bat? Godzilla. Is this the grumpiest she's been? No way, son of Godzilla! I, I just mean as soon as his face appears <laughs> in that Titanosaurus fight, it's like the grumpiest Godzilla face I've ever seen. And there are some shots of him just with the grumpiest Godzilla face. I felt like they made a new costume for this movie. They were like, Honda was like, we need a grumpy, we need a grumpy Godzilla. It looked the same to me as the last movie, but I don't know if it was a new suit. I mean, most no, it was a ton of the movies had a new suit. It was grumpier. <laughs> okay, yeah. I loved that entrance. I thought that was one of the best Godzilla entrances. I love that you like see a little hint, and then you see the the atomic breath come, and then you see his face, and they just like do an artificial light like on his face with no it makes no sense, but it's fucking awesome. Oh, yeah, it just looked that good. was great. Yeah, yeah. looked great. Yeah, it's love that realism. Shit. We don't need that. I I do like that we have another another Godzilla movie where he couldn't have done this on his own yeah he, he needed help he needed help totally from the, the, the citizenry interpol yeah specifically again <laughs> sometimes we need some help from the police <laughs> and, <laughs> and a cyborg not just interpol but a cyborg yeah i don't know if it's fully f fair to say he needed help from the cyborg when the cyborg herself was controlling mechagodzilla in the first place against her will right I don't know. It was fully against her will. She seemed I guess into that's it. Fair. She had an implant against her will. Yeah, to, it, to it's make... like the human part of her mind probably wasn't into it, but enough had been put into her where who she is now, like part of her was into it. I don't know. Well, plus, like, yeah. I mean, I think we're we're getting deep into to what her whole thing means, uh, but. Yeah, I think it's you're right. It's hard to say, but but she was controlling Mechagodzilla during that fight. So anti-Titanosaur, um, right. she was going left and right. That yeah. incredible, incredible. Yeah. I could never. <laughs> I if I um, built a battle bot, I would want her to control it for me. Yeah, imagine how well she'd do if she just she had a friend helping her out with the other uh, giant beast. You know, they yeah. unstoppable. Yeah, Good to remember a lot, during Dad. the robot uprising, don't let them have friends. Right. That's the only way they're going to beat us. Right, that's true. Yeah, I'll, I'll just model them after myself. 
Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> uh, speaking of having no friends, I feel like Godzilla, like you were saying, he needed help. Like, I think this is one of the first times I felt like he legitimately was struggling and I legitimately worried if he could do it. Like, when he's just getting pummeled and the smoke's coming out of his mouth and then he yeah. fucking collapses. And him at the end overcoming that and getting shot by Mechagodzilla with like everything and just running through it was stupid but fucking awesome. I loved that yeah. shit. That's like a peak of the show era to me. And him just being so pissed. He's just he has fucking Titanosaurus <laughs> and like a death hole and the UFOs are like we're getting out of here and while he's having Titanosaurus and death hole he's just like not on my watch just turns his head and destroys the UFOs. So cool. So cool. Very cool. I I do Hell think, yeah. I, and historically, this has been the case. When you start uh, jumping up and down on your the fallen kaiju and kind of acting like a cocky bastard about it, yes, that's a red flag that it's going to go wrong for you in the next moment. Totally. You know, like I them them burying Godzilla underground. Maybe should have been enough. Maybe they should have just left him there, not hopped yeah. up and down on him like he was some flesh trampoline. Yeah. If I had one thing totally. to say to Titanosaurus, to, to it'd be, hey, buddy, history repeats itself. Yeah. Just keep piling dirt on. That's what I would mm-hmm. do. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know. I just talking about Godzilla makes me want to talk about the effects. Like, I feel like they went the extra mile with some of them. I really liked things like the ground actually like moving below his feet. Like, that was, an, they, like, apparently put, like, soft things below the stuff they were making instead of it just being on the ground so that you could see their footsteps affecting the earth. And the, where is it? Like, when he gets kicked or whatever and he's flying and then Godzilla, like, hits the ground and then the ground collapses underneath him. Like, they just, it didn't feel cheap. It felt like they went really hard and tried to think about what could happen. Okay, real talk, though, when he was stepping on the ground and doing those little depressions. I thought like, I, I don't know. I, that felt like I'm looking at a goof to me. Sure. It didn't, totally. it didn't yeah, like maybe not all of register it in my off. mind as, as uh intentional. Fair. But what about when he hit the ground and it collapsed? No, that was very good. That was very good. Hell yeah. I, and I think again, generally the, the effects in this movie, pretty cool. Pretty cool. I'll give you that though. I feel like, when I saw it, I was like, oh, the ground is squishy. And then when I read about it, I was like, okay, that was a good effort. Yeah. I'm glad you tried. Yeah, it's yeah. cool that you tried, but yeah, you're right. It may not come across. But yeah, in general, I agree with you. The uh, the effects are pretty good in this movie, um, despite it being a, a low-budget movie. I guess I don't know what the budget was, but, but one of you mentioned earlier is low-budget, and uh, that, that, that makes sense for the Godzilla movies at this point. But yeah, I thought it looked great. And also, you get... Uh, like, can you really tell that Honda is a better... Even if you don't like this movie as much as, say, uh, the last Mechagodzilla movie or some of the other last movies, you still get that the sense that Honda is a better filmmaker overall than... Um, uh, what's the other guy's name? Fuk- uh, Fukuda. Yeah. Um, just, like, the way the camera moves and... It, I don't know. There's just so much more thought into all of these shots and everything that's going on, in my opinion, than, than you get with Fukuda films. So I would say that I felt that way about 
the battles. But I didn't feel that way about how the human characters move through the world. That Well, just that, for the record, Honda and Fukuda had nothing to do with either battles in either movie. Oh. Um effects directors just direct those scenes. Oh, I always separately. forget that. Oh. But man, some of those effects some of those battle shots like that that one where they're squaring off against each other, the Mecha Godzilla's in the background and the camera pans around. Oh god, yeah, so like, good. That, that, that shit so, was so cool. That I think had a telephone and said, I want this shot, <laughs> effects director, or yeah, effects director. So I can't remember God, the guy who did the effects, I think his name starts with an N. I can't remember his name, but um according to Peter H. Brothers, everybody was working harder because they wanted to honor Honda. So it makes mm. sense that like if the director doesn't hate the movie and is taking it seriously and wants to make it as good as he can, then everybody else is going to go the extra mile and not just phone it in too. So I think you might be onto something there. That's true. Um, so but I mean, other things like that, like that shot of uh, Mechagodzilla when he's kind of like first revealed and it's a, it's the overall shot where it, um, it's not panned down. What's moving down? Panned down sounds down. right The camera pans down. And you see uh, all of Mechagodzilla, and then like it pulls through, and they're like looking at it uh, through the window. Like, yeah, that's just—I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but like, I just wouldn't expect. No, that was some of the best shit. I wouldn't expect like something like that in a Fukuda movie, I guess. And you just get the sense that this is a very talented filmmaker um, with with shots like that. I thought God's uh, the way Mechagodzilla was standing when he was like idle in the. In the underground base, he kind of looked like a little kid walking out of his bedroom, going like, "I threw up." He like <laughs> had that. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely. And by the way, the shot you're talking about, Charlie, I think where they're in the room and you can see out the window, and then the door opens, and you see Mechagodzilla through both those, or the elevator one. Both of those that were like, those are a combo. I think right, like, I think. Uh, I don't know that it's green or blue screens, but I think Honda's directing the people in the rooms and the footage that's put through the windows is going to be stuff that the other guy directed. But yeah, the, when he's standing there, just like hunched there, it's kind of funny that he has like sparks coming off him and stuff as if people are welding him, but there's no one there. Yeah. Like they like went hard to do details, but they don't make sense too. But when you're not paying attention, it feels like a lot's going on and it feels cool. <laughs> but I, I will say, like, uh, I agree with you, Charlie. I feel like the filming of the characters was much better, other than some few standout things that are like, what the fuck? Um, but, like, as soon as we saw the woman in the, like, uh, Katsura in the red dress, uh, or sorry, green dress on the rocks, I was like, oh, this is a totally different filmmaker than we've had for a while. Like, I was just like, this mm -hmm. is somebody, like, taking note of how he's framing a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it just felt better from the beginning to me. Speaking of her red dress, <laughs> um, I, her her robbing her red red riding hood red riding cloak. hood uh, yeah dress outfit um, not dress but yeah uh, I that was a unique look I like this <laughs> out of nowhere <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, maybe that was in fashion in Japan at the time, but uh, it was definitely weird. <laughs> and I, but I, I liked it; it looked cool. Speaking of red again, can I touch on the red scene—the scene where 
she it, it's like her origins and the origin of the oh, yeah. the aliens from Black Hole Planet Three or whatever it's called. Where are they called? Uh, the Black Hole Planet, Planet Black Three. Hole. Black Hole Planet yeah. Three. And the the scene where, I mean, <laughs> this needs some explanation to me in general. So there's no explanation for what you're about to say. So it's so stupid. the The scene is the the scientist and his daughter are setting up the Titanosaurus control. I think is their their first test yeah. run at it. And she's got this awesome synthesizer that I think is just controls, but it looks like a really awesome synthesizer that electrocutes her and she is facing death. And then a group of aliens all (laughs) dressed in red just walk into the room and take her out. In like red scrubs, like they're ready to do an operation already. First of all, I I guess my first of all doesn't make sense um, unless you... Okay. I'm just... You say a group of aliens, and yes, they are aliens, but they appear human. But, I mean, obviously, it's weird either way, but um, I thought you were also going to bring up the part that bothered me, which is that the dad, like, doesn't really care. He's just like, well, what's no, going on? Well, the dad goes, who are you, first? I know. And, like, well, let's get let's do two, one question at a time. Bart, does eat your question. Then we'll jump yeah. to Charlie's question. Okay. My, I mean, my the big question is, how did that happen? How were the yeah. the aliens just watching and waiting? Did they did they uh, sabotage the machine so that they could create the conditions to like get in the scientist's favor by saving the daughter? But really, why did we have a scene that goes so hard? It's like a fugue <laughs> state. It's like a completely different thing than anything else in this movie. And it was like that was. That was perhaps my favorite moment in this movie. It's, it's also, a scene that doesn't make any fucking sense, but it's it it's also, great. I guess, because it's a flashback. It's filmed in like sepia tones, yeah, <laughs> like, um, which matches the flashback photos from earlier. So I felt like it made sense. It cued my mind that it was a flashback because before it was the first flashback was all pictures, photographs that were sepia. Mm-hmm. Um, the coloring also kind of matches the last scene of Godzilla. Going off yeah. through the ocean, although I think that's just supposed to be a sunset. But uh, yeah, but the but color no, I gotta, matches. Not only are the aliens waiting, they're waiting in the only room. Like there's yeah. not two rooms they could have been waiting in. Like the people had to the uh, Mafune, Doctor Mafune, and Katsura had to go in and then do that, and the aliens had to be like sneaking, running behind them, getting into that room, <laughs> and then immediately come in and grab him. And he's like. Who are you? And it's just like, why film it like that? Like, I don't really understand what you mean by going harder than the rest of the movie. It feels very in line with the rest of the movie to me, but I do have no idea. Like, it it felt like they were really phoning it in. It just felt like such a surreal moment that it, yeah, it, I was like glad, even if it didn't make sense to me, I was so glad I watched it happen because it felt. I guess I don't. I disagree that it it goes as hard as the rest of the movie. I thought it was so weird, just like the for sure the whole tone of the scene was like because you know the the daughter is playing a completely different person before she's a cyborg or whatever. You know she's like she's like it's like this idealized version of like a teen daughter or whatever. She's very helpful to her father. She's so excited for him. She's, mm. you, know, you know, and it, it just, 
it just feels like this weird dark fantasy and i don't know i was so i loved that scene despite i mean the to me it, I, I, it was weird but also this is a movie where you have a Sh- sh- like flash the other flashback is them saying that he discovered a dinosaur in the bay and everyone disagreed with him so they tackled him this is a movie <laughs> where one of the final lines is i don't care if you're a cyborg i love you this is a movie where she gets shocked again by a control panel and sparks fly and she falls and they don't explain it like some crazy shit happens in this movie i i think the thing about this scene i agree with i mean i agree both of you in the sense that I agree with you, Rabbit, that I wouldn't necessarily say that it goes harder than other parts of the movie, but I agree with you, Barto, that I really like the scene and that it's like, it's just very, there's a very dreamlike quality to it, that it's, it's weirdness, it's, it's not just weird like all those other things you said, but there's also just this weird, it feels like you're in a haze of sleep while watching it, I guess. Um, right. It, it, it feels like a dream. All the, those other weird things don't feel as much like a dream. It, it feels uh, like we're in... Uh, I'm sorry that I don't know the doctor's name. F- Mifune. Mifune. It feels like his memory of it rather mm-hmm. than the okay. event itself. Interesting. Like, yeah. It felt like the most Lynchian moment I've yes. seen in the Showa era. I, I guess. I To me, I... There were like a few things that felt weird and lynchy, like the old man that they cut to sitting in a car <laughs> randomly, like three times for like a split second and never explained. But then she walks into a room and the old man just grabs her wrist and turns it and gives her a weird look. And it's like, what is this? Who even is this? What's happening here? Like, I don't know. The movie felt very weird to me, but I do agree. It did. I would totally take you on that, that it sounds like it feels like a Mifune's vision of it. That feels totally right to me. The old man was like a henchman of the alien. Yeah. Yeah, but why are they showing him sitting in a car randomly when first they're in a building and then you see him spying, but they're in a building and then they're on a balcony and he's in the same car and they're flashing it for less than a second. (laughs) Like, it's so weird. I agree. It's also strange. A lot of weird stuff in here. But yeah, that that scene did go hard and it kind of, I guess... To me, the thing that makes it stick out the most, and maybe this is what you're getting at, is it almost felt like a cheap play. Yeah, Like, it felt like this is the only set we have, so we have to do it all right here really quick. Like, it kind of felt like a reshoot to me. Like, oh, we forgot to show the origin story. We have five minutes. We have this room. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which kind of would also explain how they don't have Mifune resist at all in any way. <laughs> It's just, they just, yeah, that is weird. You're take right. my daughter, please take her. <laughs> yeah. He's like, "What are you doing?" And then uh, they just go and do surgery without, with him protesting. No more than that. <laughs> uh, do y'all want to dive into Mifune a bit? Yeah. All right. So Mifune, played by I think our podcast's favorite Godzilla actor? Question mark Harada Nakajima. Uh. You're right. Sorry. Second favorite. I thought it was interesting. Like, I fucking love Harada. This role for him is whatever. Uh, Peter H. Brothers pointed out that this is like the anti-Serizawa. Like, Serizawa is willing to sacrifice himself and his great works for humanity. And this guy is willing to sacrifice humanity for people to understand that his works are great. (laughs) Yeah. But Serizawa is also okay with killing a ton of fish. (laughs) <laughs> it's true. So it kind of it's a wash. Yeah. 
Uh, what did y'all think of this character? Okay, so I kept in scenes that he was in, I kept thinking about soap operas, like totally, particularly like Mexican soap operas or something like that. He was especially just, his wig and shit. Yeah, his like wig and his he had a mustache too, right? Yeah, yeah. It just like eyebrows and just like very dramatic. He was just very dramatic through the whole thing, and and it was very silly, um, which is not bad. Silly's good. I like silly. I can tell. He, You're a silly boy. I thank you. Uh, he just just really felt like uh, he was doing a lot of acting in this movie, which you don't always get in Godzilla movies, and so that was really fun for me. Well, especially Harada, like a lot of his roles recently had been like a very two dimensional henchman or something, or just side character. Even, like, he has a pretty big role as the villain in uh, Ebera, Horror of the Deep, but it's just like, I'm bad, and I have an eye patch. Um, so this felt like maybe an opportunity for him to act, and he went a little hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he sure did. Like, <laughs> we need you to be, like, part of the driving drama of the movie. Now, here is your Colonel Sanders outfit, and take it seriously. <laughs> like, I mean, he felt, like, very classic mad scientist to me it was it had all the tropes he's not understood in his time and he's you know scorned for his work i mean he's dr yeah. frankenstein he real pissed about that <laughs> they're interested in my research 15 years too late i'll show everyone i was right yeah. it's like off of a fucking cartoon where they have 10 minutes to explain the whole story yes yeah. And he's like, I don't give a shit about the aliens. Aliens can't control me. I want to destroy <laughs> humans for my own reasons. <laughs> yeah. And, like, his reasons are that he wants to control animals or something. But also yeah. that he thinks that a dinosaur was... Which one is he upset about? Is it that he discovered the dinosaur? Or is it that people didn't like his animal controlling? Or is it both? I think it's both. I think it's just in general that he was just seen as a scorned laughing stock scientist um when in reality he was right and he's brilliant and they need to learn that lesson it's like all those doctors who make uh like covid denial videos yeah but like to be fair they did i i still don't understand they're like and he thought there was a dinosaur in the bay and everyone else disagreed and then the pictures are him literally being dog piled by scientists like onto the ground like why what yeah <laughs> They're dog crying and be like, no, no, no dinosaur. <laughs> this right. is what I they guess, yeah. don't want you to know about. Dinosaurs <laughs> in the bay. Yeah, I don't know. The The whole controlling animals as like a moral thing was really weird and just went nowhere in this movie. Mm -hmm. no I way. definitely thought it was going to go somewhere. It was only to set up that they could control titanosaurs. That was as far as it went and it didn't really even doing any kind of depth of that i think it has meaning which i think we'll get to right we're gonna come back to that oh follow your heart i, I mean got I, nothing. I, I yeah i mean i do think there's something there because they, they also make a point to say that titanosaurus is actually a gentle dinosaur that only um attacks when it's provoked or feels um yeah in danger or something so they are trying to make a point, like, hey, we're controlling this and making it fight. And and I, I do think there's something there, but they don't really explore it that much. Yeah, they definitely leave it out. Um, 
spoiler, uh, according to Brothers, Honda wanted that to be the thematic emphasis of the movie, and Tanaka was like, nope, we're going to smooth the script and focus on the aliens. So I think that why it felt like there would be more, like, because there is a guy early on who makes, like, a moral judgment about it. Um, mm-hmm. Like, it's never right. There, it, There's a reason, I guess, that it, because to me it felt like, oh, we're bringing up these morals right away. They wouldn't just do that, but they just did that. So my piece on this and i don't know if this is real because again i should know about more about japanese history before diving into this podcast but here's my thought here's my thought is that again the aliens are some outside force probably the united states we'll just say and they come in and rescue this dying girl they turn her into a zombie essentially and this zombie has to juggle two things something ancient something good something you know fundamentally good and then something modern something that is just a weapon something that is you know like and and i i think to me it feels like they're saying an outside force has come in and this girl is Japan. And Japan is trying to juggle this idea of a rich cultural history that they're saying in this in this film was fundamentally good and only attacked if provoked, which history would disagree. But at the same time, there's this more, you know, there are, again, we're talking about it again, but like bases, there are, you know, there's this sort of they placed this this military apparatus here and like this sort of zombie of what Japan was is now trying to like juggle these two ideas. And I don't know if this actually is what the script writers were thinking about, but I had this like if there's any themes in this movie at all. Because besides the the alien in the very beginning kind of complaining about how humans design cities poorly and have lots of traffic and and pollution and stuff like that, they don't really – there's not a lot to chew on otherwise. I mean, I I think there's a big – theme about like the good of humanity that we'll get to but that's not very like political it's very classic honda but other than that i mean i yeah this is a really interesting read i hadn't thought about this at all i i do think from like a historic standpoint right like japan was conquering constantly all the time but that doesn't mean that from the japanese perspective it wasn't like we were always provoked we were just you know we've just been like or this isn't what they would want to see as themselves so yeah, I think this is like a super interesting uh, read on it. And if I want to take it to where to its logical conclusion, like in the end, then the idea is that even if bastardized by outside forces and tampered with, the heart of Japan will do the right thing. Um, maybe they don't think they should sacrifice themselves as an entire country. But if we're just taking this idea, that's just one of ideas among many to where the ending goes she's like japan's uh uh morals will not be corrupted by these globalizing forces or whatever um that's a fun interesting read well yeah and it's sort of i i hadn't even thought about it when you brought it up but using 
in, or until you'd brought it up, but using the military music for Godzilla sort of right? plays into this idea in the same way that like Godzilla is actually representing the like strength of the state of Japan itself in some way and its its ability to overcome this sort of like play by outside forces or yeah because godzilla itself was a natural thing that was created out of horrific outside forces and is now fighting for japan through that like despite that right hell yeah yeah i don't know that's that's, a cool read i i don't know if that's it but that's that's what it felt like when i was watching there is no it so it's that's there okay hell yeah that's great that was fun i like that uh i had not thought of the tension between the two forces that she was controlling i don't know why maybe since y'all are so sure about it i feel crazy but i did not think she was controlling titanosaurus oh at all. yeah yes she was okay definitely crazy she definitely yeah I, I was actually thinking that in the second time i was watching her because she definitely is oh yeah that's why she's earlier. on the panel and gets shocked right yeah she definitely is earlier but then they don't really allude to it later when she's controlling Mechagodzilla, but then you're like you but the kinda like are ask- just assuming that she is because it's also Titanosaurus like I said earlier, they made a point to say Titanosaurus isn't a uh uh Oh no one's disputing that he's being controlled, but the aliens ask Mifune for the controls. So I find it weird that she's controlling him in the end because the aliens say, like, can we get the controls? We're going to get your revenge. Um, So I thought she was connected to Mechagodzilla and the aliens were now controlling Titanosaurus at the end. But I don't know. There goes Rabbit. Always trying to take something away from women, saying they can't (laughs) do as much as they're capable of. But, hey, I mean, we got to have different viewpoints in this podcast. (laughs) Cool. Do y'all want to talk about what was the, oh, uh, what's the other? You broke him, Charlie. Oh, I guess. <laughs> no, oh God, I swear I was like, there's two things about Mifune. One of them is the animal thing. We'll start with that. And then I don't know what the other one was. Is it that he's a bad father? Oh, he's Mifune like, you should father, suffer yeah. like my wife suffered. Why can't you uh, just be accepting of how horrible I've made your life, just like my wife was, your mom was accepting of how horrible I made her life. The movie then gives him his comeuppance. I will say, this is uh, Brothers again, this is a quote, Mafune, the great betrayer of humanity, is himself betrayed by the aliens. Shortly thereafter, in a strangely moving moment, Mafune is seen grieving over his dead daughter, caressing her body only to be rewarded with a blank stare, a rigid texture, clicking circuitry, and spinning gears. Like, he is telling himself he's cares about his daughter and all this stuff but his whole thing led to her dying yeah and he it doesn't seem he's ever like is this robot actually my daughter he's just like from what we are showing like he's just like completely accepting it from the get-go that yep this is my daughter and uh he's also just completely accepting of like what these aliens are giving him and showing him so Considering how people his day, his age nowadays just accept what they see on Facebook and the news, this feels very <laughs> realistic to me. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> that's my daughter. She's right there. If I question it, I might have to look inward. So let's just, that's my daughter. Let's just keep going with my revenge plot. He's sharing Epoch Times uh, articles on Facebook every day. Yeah, <laughs> totally. He's like, well, at least my daughter uh, uh, responds to my Facebook memes, my uh, <laughs> conservative Facebook memes. Um, but yeah, like the way he's kind of like upset when they're like, we're going to have your daughter control Mechagodzilla. Like, I, like, what were you thinking? They've, they've turned your daughter into a cyborg. They've revived her twice for you. And yeah. this is this is the part where you're like, hmm, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a fucking weird one. Yeah. yeah. Can, can we talk about the daughter real briefly? That's exactly. You read my mind. Okay, that's great. Katsura, right? Katsura? Yeah. So it feels like in addition to this maybe nationalist thing that's going on, they're trying to play with this idea of identity in some way and like who you are and what you are inside and what you are sure. on the outside and like how do those work together and how do those disagree with each other sometimes. And they don't really explore it as, as much as I would really like them to, but it does also feel like Fight Club. Fight Club? Yes. Can you go into that? So, Because I was I with you, and to. I was about to jump in, and then I was like, well, nope, I'm not in my court right now. What's up? So, <laughs> I mean, I know Fight Club very well, but I don't know what you're talking about. So, I think it all speaks for itself. You don't have to go into it, Parker. <laughs> thanks, Charles. <laughs> uh, thanks for the faith. Um, Slide. So there's this daughter who is really not feeling herself she's not feeling like herself these days and (laughs) on the on the outside she has projected essentially her will onto these this destructive force outside in the world this tyler durden of sorts out there okay and she realizes at the end that Titanosaurus the, is Tyler Durden? Titanosaurus no. is... Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant Mechagodzilla. Now or I see. Or Mechagodzilla. Both of them. They're both Tyler Durden in this oh, in this. And scenario. that's why she Tyler shoots Durden. herself. Just like Fight like, Part 2. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then, and then at the end, she, she cleans her own clock. Just... Uh, I mean, Edward Norton survives, but there's, yeah. there's a which moment is, of essentially giving up, which is sort of how I read like a a kind of like ego death, which is sort sure. of how I read the end of Fight Club. It's been a really long time since I've watched that movie, but um, yeah. in resu- in in order to save everyone else around you. Uh, Where's Meatloaf? Uh, I don't know who Meatloaf is in this movie. I didn't get that deep into this mm. read. I don't like think uh, Fight Club is a soft remake of the Terror uh, of Mechagodzilla, but maybe Robert. Robert Paulson Meatloaf is the prisoner who escapes and gets gunned down. Oh, you might be right. Yeah, for sure. The, the... Um, I haven't seen Five Club since like high school, like sophomore I, year of high school. Tell y'all how I kind of read her stuff, and we'll see if it aligns. If that makes sense, yes, please. So I feel like there is a very classic and. At this point in the 70s, I will say, like, this movie was three years before Invasion of the Body Snatchers. 
I think this movie is very classic feeling for its time. And I think it is a very Honda, very Mothra movie. Humanity can rise above to the occasion. Um, We have aliens coming in and they're saying earth vehicles are terrible. Pollution and environmentalism are terrible. We're going to redo this. This is bullshit. We're going to destroy Tokyo, build a new one. Um, We have them meeting maybe their first human is mifune and i think that they're taking mifune as the average human and maybe there's an idea that a lot of people would think of the average human being mifune like selfish bent on revenge uncaring and so they're kind of thinking our plan will work because this girl especially after we replace her with wires and gears will be so full of revenge and hate that our plan will work. She will run Mechagodzilla just like we want her to, and we will win because humans are such wretched things. But what we learn is, nope, the human part of her, like, is able to push through the mechanical part of her, push through the brainwashing of her father and the aliens, and is able to do the right thing, do the Sarazawa thing, sacrifice herself to save everybody else. I think it's, to me, I read it as pretty simple. Oh, humans do have good qualities and we, they will get us through the bullshit that we are in geopolitically or what have you. So one thing I want to, I don't know if they thought that Mifune was like a typical human because they, the one alien specifically points out that he thought Mifune was, uh, particular person they could use because he had so much anger and resentment towards the rest of humanity. Um, not that that dis- necessarily disqualifies the rest of what you're saying, because I do think they assume that by reviving and using and debting themselves to his da- him and his daughter, that she would also have the same kind of feelings of resentment, as well as her connections to her dad and anger. I think that's a totally valid reading, and I think that even if they think he's an exception, that he's even more so, they at least thought that other humans would have as much anger and revenge that their plan would work. Mm. Because they didn't th- they didn't say she was particularly special. They just chose her and made her a cyborg. And were like, they say literally, like, her feelings of revenge will come through Mechagodzilla. Um, and they're, either way, like, they never say a positive thing about humans. They're saying negative things about humans all the time. And then, like, they say... Not just that, but they're also saying, I think there's this idea that like, like maybe, maybe my read isn't totally right. And humanity does have some good things, but we can take those things out. You know, there's the quote, your heart is made of wires and gears. Who would ever love that? Um, Then there's her specifically saying, I'm not the human you think I am. And so like, they think like, maybe they do think humanity has some good things, but we can get rid of those with our technology. And the movie's saying, no, you can't. Humans are so great that your soul is good and you can overcome those things. Maybe that makes more sense. I think that reading makes perfect sense. I think you're Like, something. there's a, you are a human, you'd never lose the heart of a human being is literally one of the last lines before she kills herself. Um, no matter what happens, she says, I'm not the human you think I am. Uh, what's the main guy's name? It's such a weird one. It's uh, Ichinose. Ichinose, yeah. he says you're human, you'd never lose the heart of a human being, and that seems to me the final, like, oomph, our heart is what matters, I'm Shiro Honda, humans are good, 
go watch Mothra again. Yeah. I mean, it definitely is that that Honda thing of people are great. And sometimes we do bad things, but you know what? We can Sometimes we nuke each other. Sometimes we nuke each other. <laughs> and we got to we got we got to stop that. <laughs> but overall, we got our hearts in the right place. When I'm watching the movie, it feels overly sentimental, but it feels kind of good. But it also, when I zoom out, does feel like that thing we've talked about where it's like a guy who saw the horrors of World War II and was part Mm -hmm. of them tried to make a movie to stop nuclear testing. It didn't work. So what's the next thing you grab at? Well, we'll figure it out because we're good. It'll be okay. Right. Mm -hmm. You know? Right. It's so sad. It's a little sad. About the aliens complaining about transportation. They specifically play, complain <laughs> about a one-hour flight being so exhausting, more exhausting like thousands of hours of space transportation. They should uh, try a way to drive, right? They said a flight. A flight, mine, yeah. And yeah. Then, oh, and they said they say he talks about his ride from the airport to the hotel or whatever. He's That's saying. what I thought they were talking about. The drive from the airport. No, okay. The flight was yeah, also miserable, but yeah, they only yeah, had to talk about how exhausting the flight was. And I just want to say, hey, citizens of Black Hole Planet Number Three, <laughs> you try flight in uh, uh, 2023, you you have no idea how bad it can be. Yeah. Shit was just fucking... getting through. Just going through security is going to be worse than that one-hour flight you had back in seventy-five. You used to just be able to bring a gun on a plane, yeah. no problem. <laughs> yeah, but you could just bring a shoe bomb. There was no yeah. fucking yeah. Nobody cared. You could easily um, hijack a plane and make it go to Cuba. That was happening left and right back then. And you know what? It was just cool. That was a cool <laughs> thing to happen. <laughs> I do want to try to reflect on my reading of the movie in light of what you were saying, Bartow. And I do think it adds an interesting dimension that, like, yes, they put the things in her, but also there was part of her that was the Tyler Durden. Like, there was the part of her that was already vengeful, angry. And I think that's something my reading leaves out. And that Maybe not only is the, you know, good heart overcoming the wires and gears and whatever, but it's also overcoming, like, hate, revenge, all these things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I mean there's, there's that, that part of her. She's, she loves her dad. She loves her dad. And, uh, it's true. Her dad ultimately was correct and, and he was basically mocked and driven out of the scientific community. Like, he doesn't have, He's not wrong for being upset at what happened to him. And obviously his daughter would also be upset and have anger about that whole thing as well. Especially he drives home the point that, you know, her mom lived in humiliation and poverty because of what these people did. And so did she. So they, they, she's going to have a lot of that anger in her as well. Um, totally. And obviously that doesn't justify uh, the destruction of humanity, but... Yeah, she has that anger in her. This is a thing that I feel like would help me understand her better, because I wasn't sure. When Katsura goes to Ichinose to give the notebooks and help, is the next scene is her dad and the aliens like knowing about the plans that Ichino that the Ocean Institute people have. Was she only was she really trying to help them, or was she going there just to 
to pretend to be friendly to find information to give to her dad and the aliens? I don't know. I think it was yeah. that. Um, okay. At, at first, when I was watching it, I was thought she was trying to be helpful, but then, like, the scene before that, I think she's also, like, talking to her dad and the aliens or something. I, I don't remember exactly. But I think there's a scene before that, right before that, where she's with them, and then she's showing up, giving him that stuff, and then, like, the next scene, it, like, immediately cuts to her telling her dad about the sonic uh, transmitter, uh, their secret weapon. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of, Ichinose, down too bad. Like, that guy is mm. oh, just... yeah. What what a what a dope man! Just yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it. Pretty lady, you know. She <laughs> seems, cool, cool she, Red Riding Hood outfit as well. Cool Red Riding yeah. Hood outfit. She has a a similar base of knowledge of you, so you have lots of stuff to talk about. Totally, I get it, man. But I also woman who can control multiple kaiju. Oh yeah, Down. and blind cops with her yeah. eyes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I'm, I'm sorry, Barto. This is the ideal woman. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, that ending is very silly. Like the line, "I I don't care that you're a cyborg. I love you," or whatever, is so silly. And I do love that Honda treats it with full sincerity. He's like, "We're doing it. We're going in, and we're doing it." I just, I just yeah. don't get. How at this point in the film, he's yeah. like, "Man, I love you. You That's have what I feel betrayed me classic. so many times. You've been undermined <laughs> everything." They like haven't even had a real conversation. Like, <laughs> it just reminds me of classic films. Like, don't they fall in love every movie and it's never explained? And that's just it's, how movies were. And they're like, they're just like kind of delayed in Japan. That's how I read it. Maybe it's not a fair reading. Yeah, I, but you're, y'all are both right. I I don't it. It was a baffling scene to me. I mean, I do again. It is like <laughs> yeah. funny to like watch this this scene. Of, I mean, I love you despite the fact that you're a cyborg. Is like such yeah. a silly Billy idea to, to even to even you don't need to say that. Despite that you're a cyborg, you don't need to say that at all. You just say I love you, and then it's kind of well. Sweet. She was saying I'm not human. Like he has to address it. I guess. I don't know. It feels like smearing mud on the whole thing. But uh, <laughs> I would be like, this is why I love you because you're a cyborg. <laughs> because you control Mechagodzilla. That's why I lo- I've never seen somebody control Mechagodzilla that good. Wow. But yeah, I don't know. She was just like cruel to him for the whole movie. And he was just pestering yeah. her. That was the other thing that was going on. He's just like pestering, like immediately develops a huge crush and then just can't stop calling her. Invites her on <laughs> the other thing. He like this, they, the scientists go out on a submarine. They all die. He's like, yeah. we're, hey, yeah. tomorrow we're going on another submarine to find this monster want to come with is like the craziest thing to say to your crush a slower submarine by the way but don't worry i i think i increased the sonar by like three yeah Yeah. does does he not know at the end that she's controlled both titanosaurus and mechagodzilla when they've maybe both killed tons of people 
Oh, you mean had yeah, she did control him at one point at least. I don't Yeah. I don't know if he knows. Yeah, I'm not sure if he knew it. Uh I think he No, I guess I was gonna say I think he knew Titan Source, but I guess maybe not. But yeah, even maybe if he's he just did know it would be in line with the over sentimental film right to be like well no matter what your actions are your heart is good so it can get we can get past this which is like the film is pretty liberal i will say in its sentimentality <laughs> yeah. i don't know well, yeah a little bit <laughs> yeah uh, very silly it's though you've never been in love you wouldn't understand <laughs> <laughs> one thing we skipped over is uh the surgery scene. Oh, um, yeah. Booba. I feel like that's a notable scene. Uh, I, I, I really like that scene. It had kind of a Cronenberg-esque quality to it, I guess. Uh, this movie had such cool effects that, like, there were so many standout effects, and that was definitely one of them. Yeah, I like that a lot. And it's not the kind of thing that you would usually get from a Godzilla film, um, which was, yeah, I liked it. Anybody listening, if you haven't seen this film and you, you want to see something that you wouldn't usually get in a Godzilla movie, watch this movie. You might get something. Boobs. I was surprised that, yeah, that they did full, like, fake boobs in order to make oh, yeah. the stomach thing look more, like, real. Like, that was fucking crazy. First tits in a Godzilla movie. We made it. <laughs> First non-kaiju tits. Good point. What? <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> I will not explain. Did I use lactate? Just go watch the last 14 movies if you don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> Somebody's not looking close enough at Mothra. Yeah, that was crazy. And it was really cool looking. Like yeah. all the moving parts, it looked so much... They could have easily done something way simpler, just like some wires hanging out of her, but they oh, went yeah. all out. It, it, it looked really good, and yeah, they put some actual effort into it. Um... Just to repeat what you just said. I, I do like that it looked like she was basically operating in the same way a clock does. You know, oh, like yeah. It was just a bunch of gears and stuff moving yeah. around, which, you know, cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a lot better than the fucking AI shit they got going on now. <laughs> Definitely. Talking more about effects, I kind of want to talk a little bit more about Titanosaurus and Mechagodzilla. Um titanosaurus just as y'all said looked really cool i mean it was a little dumb how the neck was so rubbery and you could tell a head was below it and it was like head banging all the time i didn't notice that but i didn't notice that oh cool well i i love the the costume i feel like they went all out with the the destruction um i really loved when titanosaurus jumped in the air and just hit with its body against the planes and then landed on buildings like it was just like slammed those planes yeah so cool i I love the translucent flippers just like the semi see-through flippers like when when it first emerges underwater it looks beautiful it looks beautiful it looks like a completely different league than so many of the creatures that we've seen and, and it's very punk rock and like fluorescent. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Absolutely. And and that that first shot when he it sucks because they use it twice and it kind of ruined the majesty of it. But that first shot when he emerges from the water and you're like at water level kind of looking up at him, like yes. that is a cool looking guy. 
I, yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Great demonstration and mm, beautiful. Love that shit. I love that they put effort into the tail opening too. Mm-hmm. Like, very cool. Yeah, I thought I was going to think Titanosaurus was a boring kaiju. You know, in writing, just a dinosaur esque kaiju. It just feels seems boring, but um, they fucking nailed it. He he looks so so cool, and his tail's awesome. I I thought everything about him was cool. I, and he's he's a boxer. He's a boxer. He's a boxer, and he's a body <laughs> slammer. And I I love him. I I love him. I wish there was more of him. I hope that in the new movie. That um, lanky ass uh, character is actually Titanosaurus in a, costume, <laughs> in a lanky costume. Titan orangutan, yeah, or orangutanosaurus. <laughs> there we go. Uh, I one cool thing is like there's some parts where I think it's Titanosaurus, but at least some of the kaiju like lean back really far in a way they never have before. And apparently, the way they pulled that off was they had the suit actors get in the suits backwards and bend forward. Mm. Um, and it was just to get new, interesting body movements that they'd never done before. It worked. But yeah, the 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 coastal uh, town attack scene that happens about at the midway point in the film, and that's the thing I think is pretty good in this movie. There's some action. You know, the beginning starts with Mechagodzilla and Godzilla fighting from the previous film, so there's some action. And then there's a little bit of action of Titanosaurus in the sub, but it's like whatever to me. Halfway through the film, Titanosaurus does the first big attack, and it you get some cool attacks throughout from that on. Like, it really feels like it's mm-hmm. going, to me at least. Who called the army? That was my... Fucking they, like, narc. knew he was coming. What One interesting thing about this movie is that, like, the army's fighting, but there's zero scenes of them being like, this is how we'll beat them, and you can tell it's kind of like, yeah. yeah, we gotta fight them, but we're not yeah. gonna win. Like, we're just gotta do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, shit. We don't have the sonic wave transmitter, uh... Yeah, I guess we we gotta do something. Uh, it's not gonna do anything, but we have to look like we're doing something. Moving on to Mechagodzilla, I really liked Mechagodzilla again. I think I like this design slightly more, even though it's very similar. And I liked—I mean, you brought up a few of the shots, uh, Charlie, or both of you did actually. Um, like when he's being built and stuff. But I love that we get some more intimate details. Like I like that they go in the head and you can see the back of the eyeballs mm-hmm. are like these big red orbs. It's fucking cool. How was the, you know, can you say why the design was different? Because I did feel like I liked it more, but I didn't know if that was just a recency bias if there, or if there is anything actually to the design being different. One thing I noticed is I think the other one had like MG in red and it looked really tacky. But the other thing here, I have it right here. One sec. They look pretty similar. I the Is the nose more stout in the first one? I think the nose is a little bit different and oh where is it i don't know this is great content the neck is leaner uh peter h brothers says the giant robot was given a slight upgrade beginning with a more oblique line of the chest as well as a slight redesign of the stomach and sides and then to show the machine's massive weight the soil upon which it stood bent slightly which was accomplished by placing a spongy material under the stepped on section so the bendings would be visible which, as we noted, has kind of mixed results. Yeah. Um, he also has rotational missiles this time around. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. They really, 
they put a lot of energy into like talking about how scary those rotational yeah. missiles yeah. are, and I just yeah, like, like yeah, his hand spins before he shoots them. What's going on, man? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like, business. what is Godzilla gonna do? He has rotational missiles. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's like, one... I... Sorry, go ahead. I just I think he's gonna be fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, yeah, Godzilla's gonna do what he always. <laughs> that, that'd be funny. This was the first. He's like, oh shit, Godzilla actually fucking lost because the rotational missiles. Yeah, the missiles <laughs> rotated. No missile has ever even hurt him before. Yeah. We've had literally entire armies go up against him, and he just doesn't even yeah. flinch. But fucking our dumbass human armies never thought of the rotational yeah, missiles. Did we? Could you consider putting a little English on those missiles? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the the little baby head when he ripped the head off, that's a redesign. Yeah, the the brain Ooh. on the inside or I thought mm-hmm. I sort of read that as his his brain or, or something. Mm. I don't know. Uh was, I kinda read it as his baby head. That makes that makes sense too. <laughs> no, brain makes way more sense. <laughs> yeah, but it was a nice like Oh, Godzilla's gonna rip his head off again, just like he did last. Oh no, he didn't. Yeah, it was, Hell yeah. It was fun. That was fun. I think him, Mega Godzilla, landing and just blowing up rows of buildings with his eye beams was some of the coolest shit I've ever seen in a Godzilla movie. Loved that. And then also when he shot missiles and the the whole street exploded from below and like cars that were flying and shit, that was awesome. Looked good. Looked really good. Two little weird things. One, did did you all see that shot where Katsura and someone else were walking and just disappeared out of frame? Yeah, yeah I thought that was, like, going to be... They used technology to, like, teleport themselves away, but then you see them hiding behind some stuff <laughs> in, like, the next couple shots. So, so I'm like, okay. did, was that a mistake, or did they teleport themselves just to like behind some boxes according to brothers it was done on purpose in post because the next shot was them somewhere else and they couldn't explain it so they just cut it so that we would assume they teleported but it did not work <laughs> i mean, <laughs> I mean except really... you said i wondered if they teleported <laughs> i i, I, I same I... thought it worked for me but i was but thinking yeah. they teleported themselves to somewhere else entirely but then when yeah, they show totally. up just like 10 feet away from where they were <laughs> and this is the only part of the movie where they teleport and yeah. it's like wait what well okay so we know that they have to take planes places so they can't just teleport maybe they could jump you know do little jumps yeah i don't know totally. i'm giving them the benefit of the doubt here <laughs> i i would still think there's a difference between a one-hour plane flight and uh 10 feet away behind some boxes. <laughs> um, one last thing I thought was funny was how they, even though this already happened, destroy all monsters. And I think since then them being like, Oh, do you really want them to act like King Ghidorah smashes a bunch of buildings? Rodan destroys a city block and Manda and you slowly watch him curl yeah. and nothing happens is so funny like how just put Monda first at least not third I I also like um, yeah like why choose Monda you have like a whole repertoire of monsters to choose from but I also liked how so they have a box for each monster 
And then the fourth box, because they only mentioned three monsters, it's just a bunch of cops directing people where to go. <laughs> and like the unspoken monster of yeah. the police. <laughs> yes. I just said A cab. <laughs> Amazing. My I had I had two kind of strange thoughts about this movie. Are you you're I'm not cutting you off on your, your point, right? Um Nope, you're good. So this is the return of the aliens from Black Hole Planet 3. Is it, though? <laughs> but wait, they wait, are not what? gorillas anymore. The last movie, they were from the third planet, the Black Hole third planet, too, but they were monkeys. Oh, really? I, I thought these were supposed to be different species. Okay. No, same same guys. And, uh, I mean, this time when one of them died, his face changed, but not to ape. Yeah, but not enough. Like, that was so... It's. The continuity, man, is so weird. Like, he Brothers brings that up, too. It makes no sense. Wait, wait, wait. I, I just want to make clear. When somebody died, their face changed? Oh, yeah. Fully changed. Yeah. The main the guy. One, a little there was one changed. at the end where they where he peeled his face off. Are you talking about a different yes. death than that? Yes, that. Okay. But he peeled his face off, so it wasn't like his face oh, changed. Oh, did he His face off? changed by him peeling the thing we thought was his face off, and he had a dude face. Face off. Um, <laughs> peel his face off. Uh, but but that's not. I thought you meant like in the in the last movie, like when they died, like their face actually just changed, right? This is this is more than peeling off a. We are all on the same page, Charlie. Yeah, I I misspoke initially. I misremembered it. When I thought when he died, his face changed, but in fact, he peeled it off, and there was. But it's not a monkey. You're expecting. I was expecting a monkey Me when too? they peeled it off because these are the same. They say they're from the black hole planet number three. They have Mecha Godzilla, and then it's not a monkey. I don't understand. And yeah, I, I didn't remember that they were supposed to be from the same planet. I didn't remember the last one. They're there from the same planet. So I was not expecting a monkey, but gotcha. I would have been expecting a monkey if I had realized that was the case. And that just seems very weird. Like, yeah, it's not like there's a lot of time in between these two fucking movies. No, nope. one year. Not like there's a lot of uh, weight behind not having to be a monkey. So why not just, I just make feel it a like This is how they did it back in the day. They would just not care about continuity. They'd be like, let's just do it how we want to do it this time. And I believe that even one of the Interpol agents is the same guy, but with a different name, but he's still an Interpol agent. Yes. Um, (laughs) So weird. And then in that same respect, you know, that Interpol agent who had his vocal cords taken away escaping and they made the point of like, don't worry no earthling has ever escaped our security, but that we know he's that's not an not... Interpol agent. But I know you're. I know who you're talking about. Those were all scientists that had their throats cut. I thought. Th- I I thought it was. They brought up that it was an Interpol no, agent he's from an their Interpol office. Agent. At really? A, yeah. Yeah. Maybe what? you you're going on a different translation than us. So oh, maybe true. yours is different. But when they're talking about when the guy is reciting how he got the space titanium. He oh that was actually something I meant to bring up. Um, he talks about how this guy came with his throat cut and uh, no yeah he titan- signed Interpol because he wanted to give it. He was like give this medal to Interpol. No no no. But uh, the guys he's telling the story to they say like that must be 
blah 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 based on the description. Yeah, they and it's very guy. funny because they didn't actually even he didn't actually even give a description. So it's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> weird. <laughs> okay, mine had none of that. That's so weird. But, they just said he signed Interpol and he gave me the medal, so I came to you. Or maybe whatever. he had his throat cut when they lost him, and <laughs> that's how they know. <laughs> <laughs> but they all had their yeah. throat cut. No, I, that was a joke. Oh, I see. I see. All Interpol agents get their throats cut so that you know that they're Interpol. Yeah. It's like a badge, but for Interpol. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the other point that was just like such a strange plot point was the whole throat, like bunch of prisoners who had their throats cut, like that we didn't. They're like vocal cords ripped out, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And like there wasn't any but... talk of like just a room yeah. full of prisoners at any point in this movie, but. They do stump after the Interpol agents just find the entrance to this hidden base. I, I don't know how they do that, but they just go in the front door. Uh, and like right around the corner is just like a huge room of prisoners who have all had their vocal cords taken out is just like except for the guy who escaped before. There is no like hint that they had this room of people. And it was like a two minute plot point that then just. Disappeared. Yeah, and this is gonna. This is the source of our ableism discussion of this week, because filmmakers that do stuff like this, they have no respect for people like me who can't concentrate on things. Because I'm sitting here watching this movie twice, and I'm thinking that because of my lack of ability to focus on things, my my completely scatterbrained, <laughs> um, ADHD. <laughs> headspace that there's something wrong with me and i failed the movie by not noticing like <laughs> what this this plot point is and all of a sudden there's all these people with cut throats like in a locked room and i just thinking i've i fucked up i fucked up the podcast because i don't know what the fuck this is so i'm this is it's very assuring in um honda do better <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> also, not as big of an issue, but no respect for torrenters because I'm here thinking they're all scientists, which makes sense because if you're – why keep a bunch of people with their throats, their vocal cords cut instead of just killing them if you're savage uh, people? Because you need scientists to help build the thing. But if you're telling me they're not scientists, then I have no idea they why they have They might be them. scientists. We well, have no idea who they are. We know They the, might be giants. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they might be giants. Uh, they have. We know one guy in there was an Interpol agent, and he yeah. escaped. Could have been an Interpol science agent. It's, it's, <laughs> but we don't know anything um, about any of those other people. They're just weird. They're just like a mass that appears, and then that's another thing we haven't talked about. Is earlier in the movie, he's a alien henchman are supposed to, I guess, capture. Ichi knows it, Ichi knows, Ichi knows it, or something, and they fail, and then their alien uh, boss is just whipping them. <laughs> They're just on the floor, oh, and yeah. he's whipping them. Totally. And then he, and then he like orders them to go be executed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's such Wait, a... he sends them to be executed after he whips them. Yeah, he's whipping what? them, and then he's like, "Okay, now they." Go execute them or something like that for family. Oh my god, <laughs> so weird. Uh, which um, what a bunch of cucks. They they could have easily overpowered him 
But they're oh, like, yeah. we're going to take our whipping and our execution. There was no one there, like, standing over them with, like, a gun that they couldn't have overpowered. <laughs> You're just talking shit on the third hole from the third planet yeah. from the black hole culture now. This is just part yeah. of who they are. It's a cuck culture, just like lib culture. It's basically <laughs> the lib culture of the stars. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Y'all got anything else? Yes, actually. Or- Speaking of their whole plan, they okay, so they seemed like they were just evil, particularly evil property developers. Like the only thing that they lined out for like what they want to do is turn Tokyo into a city full of concentric circles with like pod buildings in it because that's like a more efficient way. I mean, concentric circles are cool. At least in mine, they said they wanted to wipe out all the useless humans and replace them with saviors. Basically, their planet's going to get sucked into the black uh, hole, so they want to make a new home for themselves. Uh, yeah. They also talked about, um, at least in ours, one of the first things they mentioned was that when they create New Tokyo, they could reveal their their like true physical self or something like that. Um, Which is what we saw under the face when it was ripped off, I'm assuming. Yeah. Duh, Wait, but that, uh, yeah, Barbara, I can pretend duh. I didn't say that so you could get Sorry, through your stupid. joke or whatever. You're no, I mean, I just, I just thought like when they laid out like their evil plans, it just looked like a utopian city. Like it just was like pods yeah. and nice layout and like you know, like yeah, a techno utopian pollution. city. You know, it it felt very fascist to me. The quote in mine was, "We will remove the weak humans from this fouled earth and replace them with saviors," oh. which feels very oh. conservative well, to me. Certainly, I'm not saying that they were good. I'm not trying to oh, imply that. Oh, I didn't think so. Yeah, no, I was just trying to give my read on it. Yeah, quite fascist. I know you think developers are good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think that planet or that quote you just said. I think that our quote for that is will be the Earth's saviors. We will cure this planet of human pollution. Hmm. Um, so a little less uh, Nazi-esque, I guess. Um, yeah. Just slightly, so, but could be taken just as far. <laughs> yeah, I mean, taken in basically in the same Nazi-esque way, but not as, uh, I guess, blunt and brutal as language. <laughs> like, did, by human pollution, they could mean Kit Kat wrappers, or they could mean human bodies. Human pollution, <laughs> yeah. But... Uh, even though that is what it's meant, uh, the language is more gentle than yours. <laughs> so, yeah, totally. Um, Which is important. That's the, what my dad votes based on, you it's know? It's important to liberals. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Our Every single person that's listening to this is a dirty fucking lib. <laughs> do I do awards? Y'all want to start with favorite shots? Easy. Yeah. That's the... The, wow. them standing off and that the camera sweeping around like low mechagodzilla and titanosaurus and godzilla standing off okay yeah yeah, yeah godzilla and titanosaurus are squaring off and the mechagodzilla's in the back and the camera just pans around and they just the yeah. middle of the destruction of the city that's an awesome shot that's what i was gonna say but because you said it okay. i got Choose something else. How about the shot of uh, Titanosaurus is going through the city and then Mechagodzilla comes to join him and he's just flying behind him, uh, just soaring through the sky. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. Great shot. Looks like he's having a fucking 
blast of a time. You, you enjoy that life, Mechagodzilla. Uh, I have five, and I'm just going to say them all. Uh, Mechagodzilla being really, uh, being rebuilt where they zoom in through the window, they zoom out and they're like, you're Mm -hmm. realizing you were looking through a window and then like the door opens. That's super cool. The guy going up the, guy going up the elevator, you can see Mechagodzilla through the window. Oh, that's the one where the door opens. There's two similar, very cool. The final shot of Godzilla in the sunset. Love that ending. very good for the end of the show era to have this like goodbye of him walking into the ocean the most classic ending of godzilla movie walking into the ocean uh the cool sliding cave door that there was then a metal hallway i was so sure that was going to be like a green screen or a painting and then they walked into it and that was fucking awesome and we already mentioned it but the shot of the boobs and the mechanical insides was like so out of nowhere and cool let's fucking go (laughs) it's good shit all right, dumb cop of the week. That Interpol agent with his throat cut, and he's running through the woods. At one point, he just, like, jumps and does a flip, and it's really cool looking. But then he doesn't land it, and he just, like, tumbles through the <laughs> the brush. And, like, why did, why did you even do that? I mean, yeah, it looked cool, but, but I'm the person watching. You don't even know I'm watching, so. Um, yeah, that's pretty dumb. Good point. The, the scientist. Being a guy who who just moves through the world purely out of spite for everyone else in it is cop behavior. And he was pretty dumb mm. to just be totally. like, I'm going to get over these aliens in the end. You know what? Dumb. Another thing about him, this is only 15 years after that flashback. <laughs> And he looks like a way older, right? <laughs> yeah, this is true. <laughs> if I look like, that bad in fifteen like, years, I don't know what to say. Yeah, some people's hair turns white quickly, though, and they eat a lot of fried chicken. I, yeah, I, the fried chicken is good. Um, yeah, you're right. Uh, I'm gonna give my dumb cop of the week to the. I think it's like the main Interpol guy, uh, him and the main character go to the house and uh, Katsura answers and she's like, he's dead and I burned all of his documents and they leave and the Interpol guy's like, that was strange. What was she so bothered about? And it's like, dude, you're a cop. You do this every day. You don't know that people don't like cops. How fucking stupid are you? And to jump on that, Ichinose is like, the love of my life. She could murder a million people and I would be dedicated to her. <laughs> but yes, uh, cops being like having a complete lack of understanding of why people would be in. It, it, it's common with every single fucking cop. And yes. they, sometimes it's just an act, but sometimes it's actually real where they cannot understand why anybody <laughs> would not be forthcoming with every piece of info and not completely obedient and uh, just fucking dogs just trying to lap at their fucking heels. and <laughs> yeah. yeah. 100%. Very cop. Very cop. Uh, Praxis Award, I'll go. Uh, I gave it to... I, his name was spelled O-O-T-A, I think. Like Oda, the one of the Interpol guys, I think. I can't remember who he was. One of the guys in a suit... He says, do we have the right to power? Do we have the right to the power to control animals scientifically? No, I'll always be opposed to it. And I was like, damn, just in the middle of a meeting, just being like, by the way, not into this shit. 
<laughs> cool. Good work. I would go for Titanosaurus himself for being a gentle giant. Sometimes that's hard to do when you're a big guy. There's, it's so easy to be mean when you when you have all the power to be mean, but not Titanosaurus. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know what? She did wrong. She killed tons, but then she killed herself. Praxis. <laughs> <laughs> to save humanity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah okay if you want to elaborate on it <laughs> hell yeah all right uh rating what are y'all gonna rate this i really think it's a solid movie like i said the first time i watched it i didn't fully get into it and then the second time i watched it i was like oh shit this is a lot better than i originally thought and i i think the more deeper uh, weight to it than we've been seeing in the past uh, handful of movies I think is very soothing. I think it's very fitting for a send-off to uh, this era of Godzilla and I think the monsters look great. I, I, I don't know. I, I really like this movie. I think I'm going to give it a B plus and I'm going to throw in uh, uh, Barto's microphone that he records podcasts with if he gives it anything less than a B plus. I I think this is a solid like C plus sort of film. Oh, somebody needs a new microphone. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It it I didn't do a ton for me, but I agree that it looks really cool. I agree that the fights are really fun and stuff like that. Just the plot didn't really like do it for me so much. Um, and I don't think it was a good send off for Koji. I wish we could have like. I, I know we get more, but I wish uh, they could have given him like a, a proper goodbye at, rather than just like another sort of these formulaic movies. Hell yeah. I am torn between an A and a B. I recognize this movie has a lot of flaws, but I also really like it. I can go with it the whole time. And the battles are so fucking great. And some of the best we've ever seen And all the kaiju are great. Um, there's no, like, I know people love King Caesar, but like to me, Titanosaurus is like heading like so far ahead on how cool it is and how it like, I don't know it. Enjoyable movie has some problems. I'm going to give it a low a to high B and I think it would have been cool if there was a send-off that was, you know, known to be the send-off. Um, I know they planned to make, they tried to make a few more, like even Godzilla vs. the Devil, which would have been crazy. Uh, what? <laughs> but, Maybe uh, that's what this new character is in the new Godzilla. They got Yankee <laughs> characters. For, for a movie that was like maybe going to be the last one, but like wasn't expected explicitly or exclusively made for that i think is about as good as you could get for a send-off so i'm i'm really happy with it i'm happy with you <laughs> thanks charlie mm -hmm. not so much some other posts. 
All right. That's our show. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, we're glad you're here. You can. Oh, yeah. And we hope you uh, join us next time for our Showa retrospective. Uh, you can rate us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, anywhere that there's you're listening to this. Just rate it and send a review. It means a lot. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and TikTok at NoGodsPod. You can email us NoGodsPod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support the show, um, some of my really good friends back in Wilmington, Delaware, are doing a Black Mamas bailout again this year. They're looking to raise, I think, $20,000 by Mother's Day. Hey, this is Bardo from the future. Uh, I didn't get this out until after Mother's Day and the fundraiser in question is over, but you can still donate to the Wilmington Bail Fund um, by going to secure.actblue.com slash donate slash Wilm, W-I-L-M, Bail Fund. Uh, they're cool people doing cool things, and I know they always need some money. So uh, check them out. We'll also leave the link in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening, guys.